A very warm welcome to the Soul Traders Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the business of private podiatry. Here is your host, Damien Murray. Hello, and welcome back to Series 1, Episode 7 of the Soul Traders Podcast. Before I start talking to you about business planning and the reasons why we should all create a business plan for our businesses, no matter what stage of the business life cycle you're at, I'd like to share with you a story that happened to my wife and I before we got married. We planned to get married in the Catholic Church, but the Catholic Church had some stipulations at the time, and one of the stipulations were that they wanted us to attend a one-day course on marriage guidance, a little bit like relate, but in reverse. It was quite an embarrassing day and something that makes our toes curl even now thinking about it. There were about a dozen couples on the course and you were split into groups and then into your respective couples to discuss the potential areas of conflict in marriage, such as having children or whose career would take precedent or money worries and infidelity, etc. All those things that just could cause major problems or upsets in a marriage. So firstly, you had to discuss these conflicts between yourselves and then in groups, which, to be perfectly honest with you, was way out of our comfort zone. We hated it, and although I'm a very vocal person in my professional life, Claire and I are very private in our personal lives, so this is something we just had to grin and bear to get married in the Catholic Church. Although at the time this felt like an unnecessary invasion in our privacy, looking back on it, it did make a lot of sense. By making us verbalize our thoughts and feelings, the church's volunteers on the day set out to prepare us for life's rich tapestry before we entered into the biggest contract of our lives, the union of marriage. So why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because, weirdly, 42% of marriages and 42% of businesses will fail between their fourth and eighth anniversary. Therefore, a love for your partner or a passion for your business is simply not enough to make it in the long run. In the same way that you don't want to be unhappy in marriage, neither do you want to be unhappy at work. So we have to take emotion out of the game. And there's no bigger passion killer than business planning. UK statistics show that only 47% of small businesses have a formal written business plan. 25% have an informal or verbal plan. There's a remaining 28% that have no business plan at all. Why? Because business planning is boring. Once you get beyond the branding, the aesthetics, and the financial productions of your new venture, the rest just seems like an intrusion on your dreams. Much like marriage guidance, we don't want to face the reality of the mundane, so we leave it a chance and hope for the best rather than work out the odds and mitigate our risk. In a recent blog written by Sage Accounting, Barclays Bank states that the number of UK businesses with a business plan is now over 75%. So why the rise, you ask? And the answer is funding. Financial institutions are becoming increasingly risk adverse when lending to businesses, especially startup businesses. Before they lend money to anyone looking for finance, they want to see a comprehensive business plan. Regardless of what business you are starting, this business plan will follow the same format and will go into great detail on your business and objectives over the short term, medium term, and long term your skills and experience in the area of that business, your marketplace, your target customers, or in our case, patients, your competition, your sales plan, your marketing plan, your operational plan, and most importantly, your backup plan. 
In addition, your business plan must include accurate financial data, such as your personal survival budget and your cash flow forecast and sales productions. Now, if you've never written a business plan before, this can be quite daunting, which is why I suggest you follow a template with guidance to simplify the process. Some of you that follow my podcast will notice that I've had a slight hiatus in publishing the fortnightly show. The reason is that it occurred to me that some of the information I give on the podcast is difficult to follow just by listening to it. So I've spent my time wisely creating free resources on my website, soultraders.net, where you can watch me going through these processes step by step as a guide for you to follow. The following audio you'll hear is a transcript of me completing the British Business Bank's business plan for a startup podiatry clinic in the UK. You can watch me complete this business plan and follow it step by step. Find the link in the show notes at soultraders.net. Hi, this is Damien from the Footmedic Group and Soul Traders podcast, and I'm going to take you through a step-by-step guide uh, about creating a business plan to start a podiatry or foot health clinic. And we're going to use the templates that are provided free by the British Business Bank. And the reason why I've chosen the British Business Bank is because the time of recording in uh, January 2024, they have the best rates for borrowing a fixed interest rate is 6%, which is as good as you'll get anywhere. For startup businesses or businesses that have been trading up to three years, but if you are a business that's been trading over three years, I would encourage you to still use this template and apply for a loan through NatWest, which is also offering preferential rates. So we'll start with a business plan, which is the most voluminous part of this process. I have invented a podiatry clinic called Walking on Air Podiatry Clinic, and I've completed this business plan so that you can see the type of things that they are looking for to prove your loan and the type of thing that you should be thinking of when you're business planning for your own business. So this is based on a fictitious podiatry clinic that is being sent, set up as a joint venture partner with the Footmedic Group. So the first part, they're going to ask, what's your business and its objectives? So I put here that I'm a HCPC registered podiatrist looking to open a podiatry practice that will provide both routine and advanced treatments to the general public. The services I offer will range from routine foot care to physical therapies and minor surgeries. We only sell products uh, that aid the patient's treatment and or recovery. And the majority of our income is earned via our professional services. And our fees range from £45 to £375. Per. It will be set up as a limited company and I will own 100% of the company. The business is not trading at the moment, but it's modeled on Footmedic Podiatry which have a chain of successful branches throughout the UK. And the staff will consist uh, uh, of myself and one other full-time and part-time podiatrist and receptionist. And we're currently finalizing the lease for the commercial premises. It goes on and asks about objectives in the short term and medium term. So short term as in the current year. So we're doing this in real time. So it's January 2024. So I've said in January, I'm looking to obtain the finance to fund the development of the business. Uh, secure the lease on the commercial premises, fit out the premises with two additional treatment rooms, reception and waiting area, and external signage to be fitted and internal decoration completed. And by late January, I want to have the phones and the Wi-Fi installed 
and the website finished together with our social media, Google and Bing listings, company brochures and business cards, and offline marketing materials. By February, we want the doors to open to the public. By April, we want to increase the capacity from one treatment room to two. And by August, uh, we're looking two treatment rooms to three. In the medium term, which is the next one to two years, I've put that over the next two years, I intend to continue to build on our reputation as the leading provider of foot and ankle care in my locality. And I will achieve this through investment in treatment technologies and education. So in year one, I'm looking to invest in a foot scanner to enhance our biomechanical assessments and increase our orthotic therapies and also invest in a laser to create better outcomes for our patients with musculoskeletal complaints. And by year two, I intend to complete a course on diagnostic ultrasound and invest in an ultrasound machine to enhance our diagnosis and treatment outcomes patients with musculoskeletal complaints. So it moves on to the startup loan and how I will use the loan uh, to achieve these objectives. I'm looking for a loan of £15,000. I know that my solicitor's fees are going to cost me 2200 The internal building works are estimated at 3500 Website development is 670 External signage at 1500 Treatment room equipment, 2500 Some computer equipment at 330 my marketing materials will cost me £300 and I need £4,000 working capital. I know how I'm going to spend the money. So the next part of the business plan is my skills and experience. This is a new clinic. So I've put that I am a newly qualified podiatrist and I've chosen to enter into a joint venture partnership with the Foot Medic Group, which is a company that helps set up and manage podi- private podiatry clinics throughout the UK. Uh, with my work ethic and Foot Medic Group's experience in the field of private podiatry, I feel that I have all the knowledge and support required to make this clinic a success. I'll outline any education or training that I have that's relevant to my business. To open a podiatry clinic, I've put that I have a BSc honours degree in podiatric medicine and, I, and that I am registered with the Health and Care Professions Council. Moving on to part three, your target customers, or as we would call them, patients. It's asking us to briefly describe your target customers. So I've written, we have three types of customers, namely routine care patients. These are members of the public that attend the clinic for common ailments, such as corns, calluses, nail conditions and infections, etc. We say that these patients are 65% women between the ages of 30 to 95 years. The remaining 35 are made up of younger women, adolescents and men of all ages. I go on to say uh, that the second section is medical care patients and these are members of the public who are at risk of developing general health complaints due to foot problems such as diabetes or those who are immunosuppressed. I say that our medical care patients are both men and women between the ages of 40 and 95 years. And finally, our musculoskeletal patients. These are members of the public that have foot, ankle or lower limb complaints caused by muscle, bone or connective tissue injury or abnormalities. And our musculoskeletal patients are equally split between the ages of 20 and 65 years. It goes on and asks me to explain my approach to pricing your product or service as we, we provide services in podiatry. And I've gone on to say that we aim to achieve a net profit of 25%. Therefore, our fees reflect this profit target. All of the products we provide have at least 100% uh, markup on the purchase price. In section four, they're asking about the market and competition, in particular, what research has been conducted 
so that I understand the market and the industry, customers and competitors. And I put here that we've engaged in surveys and questionnaires to the local community, interviewed members of the public that already have or, or attend for podiatry services, both privately and in the NHS. I've described that by entering into a joint venture partnership with Footmedic, we have access to over 23 years experience in running podiatry clinics throughout the UK and Ireland and via their network of clinics. They regularly ask for feedback from existing patients to allow them to refine their podiatry services to meet the public's expectation. Um, they test the market using pay-per-click Google, Bing, and social media marketing to see which market segments are more inclined to respond to direct marketing. And they meet with suppliers and other private practice owners at conferences where we share experiences and challenges and successes in private practice. I've also put that I engage uh, daily on uh, the Wealth of Podiatry forums so that I have understanding of what's going on in my industry and uh, the feedback both from the uh, public and my own cohort of professionals so that I understand uh, the best that I can as a new podiatrist starting out with a new practice, what is involved in our industry to be able to provide private podiatry services. Moving on to our competitors, I put that we have Podiatry Clinic 1. They're asking about average prices, contacted them, telephoned them, and noticed that their average price range is between 42 per treatment. It's asking what their strengths and weaknesses are. I'm saying that their strength is that they're a long-standing practice with a good reputation, uh, but their weaknesses are that their treatments are limited due to uh, the lack of treatment uh, equipment. Looking at competitor number two, uh, we call them pod uh, Podiatry Clinic 2. Their average prices range from 40 to 50 pounds. What their strengths are is that they are a very competent podiatrist, but their weaknesses are that there's only one practitioner. There's limited treatments due to there being one practitioner. They can only see so many patients. Moving on, it's saying what sets me apart uh, from our com uh, competitors. Now, I put that under the guidance of the Foot Medic Group, I aim to become the most advanced podiatry practice in my location. And that's because the group has a wealth of resources in both clinical and business aspects of running a successful podiatry clinic. And the fact that my competitors, although they're, they are successful and longstanding and have good reputations, they've not chosen to adopt more advanced treatments in uh, podiatric care. They've not invested in the latest equipment. And I feel that's really what's going to give me uh, an advantage uh, and set me apart from my competitors. And they're saying, well, what, does, what is your strength? And the greatest strength is that leaning on the foot medic group has a proven track record in managing successful podiatry clinics. And their weaknesses are because they're a growing group. They seem to be a little bit corporate, which may not suit uh, certain patient types who like to see sole practitioners. What are the opportunities? There are huge opportunities due to the lack of, uh, or the reduction, I should say, in uh, NHS podiatry care. So there's an increasing number of patients that are looking for professional private foot care. And what about the future threats? The biggest threat to podiatry at the moment is the lack of qualified podiatrists for the number of job opportunities that are available. Moving on to section five is the sales and marketing plans and how we will look to promote our business. And what I've answered is that we use two types of promotion to market our business, namely offline and online marketing. So offline, the premises are based on a busy arterial road. The sign will be illuminated and be visible to thousands of motorists and pedestrians every day. We will write to all our referrers, such as GP surgeries, minor private hospitals, allied health professionals, such as physios and chiropractors, to inform them of our complementary services. 
we will then obviously leaflet the community, offer a 10% corporate discount card for local businesses, and talk with community groups such as Women's Institute. We'll ask patients to refer their friends and family to us, especially those that are happy with our services. Online, we will use our search-optimized websites as the online shop window to our business. All our social media campaigns across Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram will be directed to the website, which will have a landing page designed to inform our target market of our services and the booking process. We will engage in pay-per-click advertising on Google, again, using landing pages to market specific services to our target market. And our entire marketing costs are then recorded each month, which is then divided by our number of new patients so that we can have a good understanding of our patient acquisition costs and the total value spend as a monthly KPI. Moving on to section six, it's asking about operational plans and wants us to provide some information with regards to key suppliers and the relationships that we have with them. So obviously, I've mentioned the Footmedic Group as they will be our joint venture partners. They're a, a management company and the services to bri- that they provide are clinical and business support. And the relationship is that they have one-to-one peer support for podiatrists who run private practices in the UK. The second is a supplier. We just called it Podiatry Supplies. And we don't have any commitment to them. We can use as many podiatry supplies as we like for the supply of podiatry equipment and consumables. And our relationship with the particular supplier that we've mentioned here is that they give us a 10% discount on our purchases. Moving on to staff, it's asking, do we currently employ staff? As this is a business plan for a startup business, no, we do not uh, currently employ any staff as we're going through the setup process at the moment. But in the next 12 months, we do intend to take on two full-time members of staff and one part-time, and they will be one full-time HCPC registered podiatrist and one full-time receptionist and one part-time HCPC uh, receptionist or foot health practitioner. Uh, Where does our business operate from? It's a retail unit and what uh, laws or regulations apply to our business and that is that all podiatrists must be registered with the HCPC. Um, It asks us about insurances and obviously it's public liability but all practitioners must have professional indemnity insurance also. Lastly, it asks us about the backup plan. Here they're asking us to be realistic. They want to know what happens if it goes wrong. How are you going to make these repayments? So I've put here, I never enter into any business agreement unless I can afford for it to fail. Should this happen, I have a number of resources to repay the debt. Firstly, I have savings that can satisfy the repayments. And secondly, my parents are happy to act as a guarantor for the loan if required. I would also like to add that there are many job opportunities for podiatrists should I need to look for employment. And if the business fails, I can then use my salary from the employment to repay the loan. On a personal note, although I don't like the idea of a plan B, I do think it's prudent that you have a backup plan when it comes to the financial obligations with taking out a loan. Bottom line is if you can't afford for it to fail and you don't have a financial backup plan to meet the loan repayments, you're putting yourself at personal financial risk. So this is a very important and probably why it's the last thing on the business plan for you to think about 
before you enter into the next stages of the business plan, which is the personal survival budget, the sales assumptions, and the cash flow projections. For the purpose of the podcast, I will stop the recording of the transcript here as I've taken you through the largest part of the business planning, which is the business plan. If you want to see me go through the personal survival budget, sales assumptions, and cash flow projections, then please log into soultraders.net and click on the free resources section where you can see a video of me going through uh, the business plan and all the other uh, aspects of the financial data. I hope you found that step-by-step guide useful. And if you need help planning for your podiatry practice or assistance in applying for funding through the British Business Bank, then please contact me in confidence via the contact form at the Soul Traders website. And finally, I'd like to leave with a quote from Abraham Lincoln, which reads, If you give me six hours to chop down a tree, I will spend the first four hours sharpening the axe. Good luck with sharpening your business axe, and thank you for listening. Hi, it's Damien here again. If I can just have one more minute of your time to let you know what's new in 2024. I'm excited to announce that the Footmedic Group are expanding their partnership clinics throughout the UK and Ireland. If you are an established clinic, please keep your eye out for our partnership prospectus that will be landing on your doorstep over the next couple of months. If you're a startup or simply can't wait for the snail mail, head over to footmedicgroup.co.uk, click on partnerships and download our prospectus today. We are looking for people who are serious about starting, growing, managing or exiting their practices. If you are, then don't miss this opportunity as we can only work with one practice in your area. And if you're wondering what all this costs, I can tell you that last year, all Footmedic partners grew by an average of £31,243, with our fees starting at 297 per month our partners achieved a 777% return on their investment. The Footmedic Group is a win-win partnership, and that's why it works. Thank you for listening.